Pego. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. How's everyone doing today? Hope you're all doing fantastic. Probably going to be a shorter episode. I know when I say that, sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, but probably going to be a bit of a shorter episode uh, because I was on vacation Thursday and Friday. Um, and, you know, we, we went to an amusement park, you know, we rode every single ride uh, two days in a row, you know, lots of screaming going on. So my voice was a bit shot. But I'm going to power through this episode and we are going to give you the video game news and occurrences that you desire for this past week. So first, let's start off with what we've been playing this past week. Right off the bat, I want to talk about Overwatch 2. I haven't played a lot of it, but honestly, and I hate to be that guy. <laughs> I hate to be that guy, but honestly, it really does just feel like Overwatch 1 with a couple new maps mixed in there and a couple new characters. I mean, I haven't played Overwatch oh for quite some time. I think the last time I played it was uh, when they just had added that new um, cowboy girl. I don't know her name. And I never, I'm like, I never really played with the new characters. Like, there's the hamster guy and Doomfist and and all these newer characters. I've never really played as them. Uh, I always just kind of kept to like Winston. <laughs> I know it's kind of like a meme, but you know, I I, I use I, Winston is kind of like my main. I mean, just today uh, I was playing and I just like just destroying the other team with Winston. Like, if people hadn't, you would never seen a Winston like this. Um. But the one thing that kind of, I mean, I guess I'm not playing competitive. So, you know, I just kind of play like a, you know, like a, what's it called? Customs or whatever. Not customs. Um, just unranked, whatever you would call that. Uh, I've just been playing that quick, quick play all heroes. I haven't been like s searching for one specific hero to play as or class to play as. And like I mentioned, probably a long, long time ago at this point. The there's now only three different classes for characters. There's damage, there's healing, and there's tank. Um, so damage encompasses like ninety percent of the roster. Healing is like twenty five percent, and tank is like twenty five percent. Right. Um, so when you find a character that you really like, like the tank, like Winston, who is a tank, it's harder to get that character because. If another person chooses tank class before you, you can't. There, you know, there's only one tank allowed in ranked and unranked matches that aren't just like custom lobbies, you know. Which is kind of annoying for a player like me who I like. I, I really only gravitate towards like Winston and Reaper, <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Those are the only two characters I can really do okay with at, at times. I mean, Winston. I seem to usually go off with Winston for whatever reason. But yeah, there's nothing really super different that I would that I would point to and go, oh, that's that makes this such a unique experience. I mean, they've have changed things around with some characters. Like Bastion is a much different character now. You can't just like switch to the Gatling gun and and sit there for an entire match, you know. Uh, and they they changed um, they changed how long like Reaper can be in his like invincibility mode. 
Uh, they they changed like Winston now has like a charge attack to his laser gun, so he could do some some range damage if you want to. But I I never really. <laughs> I mean, I just I just go in there. Um, but they didn't do enough to like make me go, oh yeah, this is like a completely new experience because it's not. It just feels like a, 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 a the same Overwatch, and it has maybe a small a slight graphical upgrade, a lot more options for graphic settings though. Um, so they had a slight graphic upgrade and I feel like a few characters got tweaked and then they added in like one or two characters who are new. There's the new like junk rat girl who has like a harpoon gun and a shotgun or whatever. And then there's also the new healing girl who uses like cards or something. And she also has like shuriken that she throws at people. So... Yeah, it's it's not like it just feels like a content update for Overwatch, and maybe that's all it really is right now. Um, and you know, I know they I know they've changed a few things around. I know they also said there was going to be like a, a single player mode, but so far no single player. It's just multiplayer still. Um, there's there's really there's really nothing super new. Uh, merging your account it takes forever, but eventually it does happen. I also I also decided not to play the game like the first few days that it was out. You know, I would I I, I do like Overwatch. Um, I stopped playing it there for a little while because there was lots of shit happening in 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 the blizzards in Blizzard, just in general. <clears throat> but you know I, I you know it's free to play, so you know a million people are going to try and play it day one, or get back into it day one. A million people are going to try and merge their accounts. Uh, and you just kind of got to be patient. You know, there's a lot of people who are very, very disappointed because, you know, they were in a queue for 9,000, you know, be, there's 9,000 people in front of you in the queue. And it's like, yeah, that's just how it's going to be. And also, you know, they, they suffer like a, uh, a, a DDoS attack. <clears throat> so like their servers were just, I don't know. Cause those types of things, like usually like they, they flood the servers. That's, that's like, like what kind of what it is. Which might also be why so many people like so many people are getting long wait times, but you know, from what I've played, it feels good. It just it just feels like regular Overwatch. They've changed up some maps, you know, like now instead of there being like some maps, there's like a robot and you gotta guide the robot to some sort of um freestanding object and he pushes it for you. And the other team, if they if they get the robot, they'll also push it, you know. So <clears throat> that that is one of those things that's like that's a cool change but then there's also still like some of your normal ones where you capture the objective and then you push the cargo and then whatever you know there's still those times as well and there's still like regular pvp matches where you just capture one single objective like like i said the, it, nothing is like super different you know and you know as i was saying like they, they took out some old versions of maps and made them new so like they're technically still in the game obviously there's there's probably going to be updating this game for years and years and years to come um, but as of right now, it doesn't feel different enough for me to say like, oh, if you don't like Overwatch, would you like this? N uh, no, if you don't like Overwatch, you're still not going to like this. I mean, this is one of the original hero shooters that kind of started the entire genre craze that happened. And, you know, even games like Call of Duty were kind of, you know, actually, they still they still do kind of do that where they have like, specific characters and you use them on each team. But, yeah, they, they really did, uh, you know, Overwatch really did uh, pave the way for this type of game. Um, but, you know, they, they still do it the best. I mean, even though Paladins is good, don't get me wrong, I do enjoy Paladins. Overwatch 2 so far has been uh, a really good experience. And, you know, I was kind of concerned because people are saying, like, oh, to unlock all the content, to unlock all the characters, you need to do this, 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 this. But I have all the characters unlocked right now, and I don't know if that's maybe just a glitch or maybe if it's, 
maybe I just can't play as the new characters, or maybe I, I don't know. I just I didn't see any characters grayed out on my select screen. So that makes me wonder if maybe I don't know, maybe they're talking about something different, because I have all the characters unlocked. And maybe that's because I bought Overwatch 1. Maybe if you buy Overwatch 1 on Blizzard's, you know, any Blizzard uh, platform, they'll, I mean, obviously they give you all your stuff for merging your accounts, but maybe they give you all the characters too. I don't know. And that would be a nice incentive, that's for sure. But yeah, if you want to check out Overwatch 2, like I said, it's nothing super different, nothing super crazy. I don't even have that much to say about it, honestly. I, I don't know. I don't even know how I've talked like for like eight minutes about this, but uh, yeah, just no slight graphical upgrade. Pretty good, you know, still pretty good. Not not as many changes as you would think um, to the game so far. It's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of fine. You know, it's fine. Um, and if you want to check it out, it you know, it's only twenty five gigs, which I was really surprised about. I think that a lot of stuff is just server based nowadays, and maybe that you know, obviously, maybe that number will go up as uh, you know, as um, more stuff content gets unlocked, but. Yeah, you know, it just, uh, it's fine. <laughs> you know, what can I say? I mean, the Battle Pass is, isn't too egregious. I mean, they do give you a lot of free stuff, but once again, it's just like Fall Guys or any of the other, con you know, season passes where you gotta buy it to get the exclusive, like, cool stuff and whatever, you know. It also is pretty slow going on the leveling up, too. I, I realized that. I mean, just getting from level one to two was a very, like, it took me, like, three or four games, you know, and I, I played that, I, one of those games was, like, one of those ones where I was playing really good as Winston, and I was like, oh, I should get, I should get the next level, no problem. Nope, <laughs> I was at, like, 75%, and I went from, like, 25 to 75, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Anyway, uh, that's Overwatch 2. Um, I'm not gonna call it Overwatch Poo, because it's fine. I, I enjoyed it, and, um... It, it's it's nothing too egregious, nothing too crazy. So, you know, very good, uh, very very fine, very just regular kind of thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, uh, we played um, through the Evil Within two, and I will call this the Evil Within poo. Uh, we played through that on stream. That was our first Halloween game to play, and I am wildly disappointed, honestly. Uh, I was, I just, I don't know what the heck they were thinking with this game, making it open world. It was, it was not scary at all. I mean, half of, more than half of the bosses you face are just humans, you know, humanoid type guys. Um, they at the towards the end of the game, they tried to like, they tried to like give back that nostalgia of the first game with like a bunch of like callbacks to the old bosses that were like really, um, you know really cool in the first game like the safe head guy and the chainsaw dude and the one that was like a you had to burn it in the furnace or whatever and i just when those things happened i was like oh so we're just retreading this you couldn't think of anything original for you know theodore's boss fight which was the character's name and like because the build-up that this guy was like he had like all this like like crazy like resident evil almost-esque kind of like imagery leading up to him and he was all he's like a fire guy he had a bunch of fire all his minions were fire based and then you just you you, you go up against him and, and and it's just uh fighting old enemies from the last game it's like okay whatever yeah i i mean the the, the evil within one was just such a well done like you know turn off the letterboxing and you got a great game you know it, it was it was intense you know the crafting mechanics weren't overpowered you had to really like make sure all your shots count. There were there was there were some side areas you can go to, which I really liked. 
And then, uh, you know, the, it was it was like it was open enough that you could kind of explore around, but not not so open that you could like just crouch around enemies and, and do whatever you need to do. Um, and I felt like the, you know, the, the, the parts that of the first game were much more intense. Like the final boss fight was much more of an experience than this one. I mean, this one's final boss fight felt like it should have been like the, the second boss in the game. You know, it felt like, it felt like they, they, they just, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know what happened with it because it was looking to be a really fun game. And then right from the get go, I was like. Oh, we're doing this, huh? We're doing, we're, what is this, you know? And, like, the first enemy you face, like, this guy who takes pictures of, of people who die and sl- it does slow motion. Like, I knew, like, it was just going to be, like, this, it was it really wasn't that scary, you know? Um, the enemies that you faced with, along with this guy were not that scary. Um, it was more annoying to me that, like, my shots, sometimes they wouldn't count. You'd aim right at their head and... Or with a sniper rifle, with a revolver, whatever, and it just a shot would not count. And I'm like, okay, you're wasting my ammo on bullshit, you know. I was more frustrated during this game than I ever was scared. Like, there, this game was really not that scary. The only time I felt a little bit of tension was during this confined fight with this chainsaw lady. But even then, like, a lot of times if you break an enemy's line of sight and you crouch... They just will never find you. They they stop chasing after you almost immediately. And you can also, like, because it's open world, you can also run away and, like, go around the corner of a house and the enemies stop tracking you because they're not supposed to be over there. So they just turn around or they they immediately just, like, stop tracking you uh, in this area. So it was, like, one of those things where it's, like... I don't even need, I don't even need to be scared. Like, yeah, at, at one point there was, like, this this ghost stalking me. But it's like, why would I even ever be nervous about this ghost stalking me in this big open world that you've created? Well, maybe not big, but in this open area you've created, it doesn't make any sense that you're gonna you're trying to make me feel like, oh, you should be scared here. But it's like, okay, I could just walk all the way over there, and it will never find me, you know. And the other thing is like when they finally had like a good kind of like good-ish boss fight or boss design with like the flamethrower dude. Then you just you see the flamethrower guy over and over and over again. You, you never stop seeing him in the next in the next part. It's like why? What is going? What what is going on here? Why do I why? <laughs> uh, because that encounter with the flamethrower guy, even though that was a cool encounter, it was also riddled with like the same AI bugs that I, I was able to exploit the AI so easily. I walk around a corner, crouch, they can't find me. It's like okay, come on. So yeah, Evil Within 2, a very, very uh, annoying, annoying um, game, and I just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just over it. I'm over it. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad we finished it because I was planning on not playing through the whole thing. Like after this, after the second stream, I was like, okay, this at least this is, at least this, there's a little bit of humor in here with like the character designs. Like there was one monster that was just like a, a, a just a bunch of cum. It was literally just it was white liquid. It was cummy, and it was really dumb. <laughs> it was really dumb, and the whole game was just kind of like dumb. That's all I gotta say. So it goes into the D tier because. I would put it in F, but it was at least playable, and we had some laughs out of it. And F F is really only reserved for games that are just, like, unplayable, can't ever finish this. Because, like, like Doom 3. Doom 3, you know, that 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 was very much unplayable. Uh, it glitched on us, and we couldn't play anymore. So, 
yeah, whatever. It's it's over. It's done. All right, let's move on to the next part of the podcast, which is what's in the news. Okay, a pretty um, I don't know if this is like super confirmed right now, but it, it, it it's been it's a pretty it's a pretty solid rumor that PlayStation is planning on doing some sort of remake or remaster of the original Horizon Zero Dawn game. And people were very, very, very angry about this. Um, this also might be why last week when I reported that, you know, some characters, some people are going back in to do motion capture, and I thought it was for the VR game. It could be for this remaster. Maybe they're remo-capping people's faces and stuff like that to, to not have it be so robotic, you know? Um, so... Uh, it's not been confirmed for sure yet, but, you know, people obviously, they cling on to the, these rumors because, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, it's not really that even old of a game, you know, it's only about five years old at this point, and I don't feel like the original game needs a remaster, especially after this latest game, because, you know, I, I feel like Forbidden West is kind of like Horizon Zero Dawn again, you know, like, there's more enemies and, and robots to encounter, for sure, and, like, the area is much more expansive and has much more littered about it, um, but when it comes down to it, you know, even though I, I, I enjoyed the story and stuff of Horizon Forbidden, I'm sorry, Horizon Zero Dawn, more than Forbidden West right now, I still think that, like, comparatively, they are very, they are similar enough that you really don't need to do, like, a remaster, you know, and I feel like if you do do a remaster, I don't think it's going to do enough to separate it from the original game, you know, obviously there was a big stink about, you know, Last of Us Part 1 and, you know, how, uh, you know, that that wasn't needed and whatever, and, you know, I'll, I'll say this, when I watched people play the last was part one for snippets of time you know even the even the video by video game donkey was was very enlightening um but i i was i was like i was always kind of for this you know i, I never talked ill of it i was you know i, I think that the last was part one remake it was definitely more warranted than a horizon zero dawn remake at this point you know especially because you know like it you know it really does i mean that remake of last was part one looks really good like it, it really does like i know that there was already like two or three other releases of the last was you know remastered the original version and the ps5 ver or there's a ps4 remaster and then there was a so there's technically only two versions of the game out there but i think it definitely deserved it i mean it was a very well done remake you know um i think people just more so saw it as like oh we don't need this we don't need this it's like okay you don't need it, then don't buy it. You know that's the thing, and, and I guess I, I I can say the same thing about Horizon Zero Dawn remastered if it really is in the works. I can say if you don't if you don't want it, just don't buy it. You know that's that's a fair that's fair. Um, I, I feel like there could be you know there could be maybe a PS5 version of Horizon Zero Dawn coming. Maybe it's not a maybe it's not really a remake, but it's more of like a you know a, 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 an upscaling and and whatever. Maybe they're redoing some mocap work to make it look a little bit better or maybe they're doing some tweaking with the graphics and stuff like that. I feel like that might be fine as long I mean as long as they don't try and sell it for, you know, $70 again. Um, and a lot of people are not interested in, you know, a Horizon Zero Dawn remaster and me personally i mean look I, I play through some of these games once and i really don't feel the need to play through them and get through them again and horizon zero dawn was one of those games where i was like ah you know i had i had a i had a good experience it was number two overall in the year it came out you know pretty good but i wouldn't go back and replay it and i've tried replaying it just for shits and giggles you know they do the new game plus 
or even do some of the DLC stuff. And I don't know that. I mean, it just did. I just, you know, I, I felt like I was done with the game and I don't really need to spend any more time in the game. And the same thing is kind of happening for me with Horizon Forbidden West. I'm not even done with the game and I'm already kind of like, ah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we need a Zero Dawn remaster. I think if they just kind of like did like a, an up, like, like how they did for like Ghost of Tsushima or Death Stranding where they did like a director's cut, you know, it's like, okay, just put out like a director's cut, give it a, give it a, you know, include the DLC in that, you know, and put, and put it at like $60, make it like a PS5 version kind of, but you know, whatever, and make it so that if people want the PS5 version, just a, it's a free upgrade. That's all you got to do. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it needs, I don't think it needs the, I don't think it needs the remastered treatment or even the, I, I guess maybe the remaster, but not the remake treatment. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, the remake treatment wouldn't be the, a good fit for this, but maybe a remaster, you know, maybe just tweak some stuff and, and, and get it up to speed, you know, at, with the, with the newer release. You don't have to make it the most perfect, beautiful game ever, like Horizon, you know, Forbidden West, but yeah, so once again, this could be why some people are going back for some some uh, mocap work. And like I said, it could have been for VR, the VR game, because obviously Silence, I think, is going to be in the VR game with Aloy. Uh, but it could also be them redoing stuff for some sort of Horizon Zero Dawn remaster. Um, but we'll have to wait and see in the future if anything comes of this. And obviously with the fan backlash, which, I mean, like I said, it wasn't even confirmed. It was just kind of like someone said, like, oh, there's a remake or a remaster of Horizon Zero Dawn. And never kind of flipped out. <laughs> so it's not even like <laughs> it's not even uh, really been confirmed for sure yet. So, I mean, either way, this this could just be like, OK, we're, uh, you know, maybe they might scrap it here right now and just and just say, hey, just put the PS4 disc into the PS5. You're fine. <laughs> Which I think is just a, it's a perfectly fine way of doing that. I don't know. All right, anyway, let's move on. So the Mario movie, the Super Mario Bros. movie, finally had its teaser. This came out while we were at the amusement park, so we watched it in the amusement park. Visually, this trailer looks really, really good. I mean, Bowser's, like, floating landmass encompassing this frozen tundra with lava and spikes and everything going everywhere. It looks really good. And it kind of adds a little bit of context to how the world works in this Mario universe that they're creating. So I'm thinking that just like with Bowser's castle and the penguins homeland, you know, I'm thinking like these worlds are going to kind of come together like a mushroom kingdom too. And it's just going to be like pieces in, in this, in this weird dimension. And, what I saw of this trailer kind of made me double down on my thoughts of like, okay, so Jack Black, Chris Pratt, Anna Taylor Joy or whatever her name is, Charlie Day, they all get sucked into the Mario universe somehow. That's how I feel. That's how I feel like the movie's going to go down because Chris Pratt, even though he's putting on a, a little bit of a, a voice, it doesn't sound like Mario. It more so sounds like Chris Pat, Pratt putting on a voice, right? And same thing with like Jack Black. I love his voice as, as Bowser from what they've shown, you know. Um, but I mean, the way I mean, they definitely made Bowser act and and kind of look like Jack Black a little bit, and that tells me that may, maybe you know maybe Jack you know maybe it's kind of like a Jumanji scenario where you know Jack Black gets into the game and he's he chooses Bowser in his character select or whatever, and he you know he he kind of really you know moves into the whole idea of you know 
being Bowser. And like even even like when Mario is first shown in the trailer, he's like ejected into the world and he's kind of looking around all all like starry eyed. And I feel like that's just like Chris Pratt, you know, gets sucked into it for the first time and he's like, What the heck is all this? And, you know, Toad's there and he's he's being played by Keegan Michael Key and he sounded pretty good. Um but yeah, people are still I mean, me personally, I mean the the voice for for Mario just I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's Chris Pratt putting on a little bit of an accent. It's like, okay, whatever. You know, it's it's probably going to be fine, all things considered. But I really want to hear what Charlie Day sounds like as Luigi. We didn't actually hear anything from him. And also the fact that, like, Luigi's in a, a completely different area. He's being chased by dry bones and stuff like that. So I think that all the characters are going to be thrown into different worlds. And, you know, Luigi and Mario and Peach and whoever is going to have to join up the takedown Jack Black as Bowser. I th- I'm I'm going to double down on that. Uh, but yeah, the uh, I, I should I should say the you know the animation looks really good. I mean, it's it's probably looking the best that I've ever seen in like an animated movie from Illumination at least. You know, um, it, it definitely looks really good. They definitely took their time to craft like the characters and stuff like that. They look it looks really good. So this this will probably be the best looking Illumination movie, and it might be the best illumination movie in in general um but of course we'll have to see you know but there's probably gonna be a few more trailers that come out before the movie which uh i'm i don't remember april 7th it's gonna be in theaters april 7th so you can check it out then um if you want to check out the of course the uh the trailer itself you can just go over to illumination's youtube channel and there you go hideo kojima has con- confirmed that ellie Ellie Fanning is going to be in the next his next game project, whatever you want to say. Uh, people are speculating that it's going to be Death Stranding two, seen as you know the person you know Ellie Fanning actually went on Twitter and said Death, hashtag Death Stranding in her post about in her in her reply to uh, Hideo Kojima himself, and she was like, oh, I forgot to put a question mark, and it's like, uh huh, sure you did. Uh, so people are, I mean, obviously there's a lot of speculation going around, but it seems like it's going to be some sort of Death Stranding 2 scenario. Um, who knows if, it, you know, who know who knows what's going to happen. I mean, obviously Hideo Kojima games have become more and more just kind of like crazy, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously this is just like a little bit of a rumor mill kind of thing, but Death Stranding 2, uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, you know. Um, we'll see if, we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, uh, the Callisto Protocol. The developers have talked about how long the game is and how many different, like how the how the uh, different paths in the game will give you replay incentive. Um, first up, they said the game is about twelve to fourteen hours, and the beta paths during the game's later acts will add replay value beyond simply allowing players players an opportunity to grind for materials. Noting they came later in the game, but some of them are so freaking cool, and we don't want you. We don't, we don't, we don't tell you where or where they are or how many there are, but if you really explore, it may be longer. So I'm guessing beta routes doesn't mean like different routes in the game. Maybe it means like each playthrough, you could get different routes for enemies and stuff like that, possibly. And that could lead you to different places, maybe, possibly. Um, But I mean, you know, 12 to 14 hours is a pretty good game length for something like this. Uh, they are selling it for the next gen tax though of seventy dollars. So there, hopefully, there's something more in there other than replayability to 
make the game worth the $70 price tag. I mean, obviously the graphics look really good and the gameplay is looking really good itself. Um, and I am definitely intrigued by the story and what's going to happen in this game. Um, but you know, it's not like there's going to be like a multiplayer or co-op mode, you know, that I, I feel like I, I don't know what they're going to do to kind of bulk this game out if they are going to at all. But it seems like they might be trending towards like, okay, it's, you know, you're going to have new game plus you're going to have new game. You, know, you can go through the game multiple times, get different paths. Like that's going to be the bulk of the replayability and obviously different difficulty modes and stuff like that. Um, I'm still excited for this, of course, and I definitely want to play it when it comes out. Um, I would like to hear more about, you know, other things that are going into this game to add on to give the the, the price a, a bit more of a, you know, make me make me feel better about buying the game full price, you know? Uh, but yeah, that's still slated to come out in December, and, you know, it's always possible that it's going to be delayed, but December, I mean, it seems like December is the, fi- like the, the, right, the right fit for it right now, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. CD Projekt Red has announced that they are working on a couple uh, new new games in the series, uh, in, in their various series, I should say. Uh, there's two Witcher games in production right now, and they've already announced that Cyberpunk 2077 is getting a sequel codenamed Project Orion. They said that they want to build upon Night City and all that, and uh, they want to expand on it and make the map bigger and add more story in there, which is obviously every, there's a still there's already a lot in Cyberpunk 2077. Don't get me wrong. Um, so yeah, uh, looks like uh, looks like they're starting production now, and so it's probably going to be a, a pretty long time before that comes out. Uh, and then there's like I said, there's two uh, there's two Witcher games coming out. Um, one's called Project Sirius, which is an interact innovative take on the Witcher universe telling an unforgettable story for existing Witcher fans and new audiences. Uh, Current project stage pre-production. It's going to be developed by the Molasses Flood, supported by CG Project Red. Uh, And then the other thing, which we kind of already knew about, uh, was Project Polaris, which is a story-driven open-world RPG built on the legacy of the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, so it's going to be like The Witcher 4. Uh, Then they also have one called Project Canis Mojeris, which is a story-driven single-player open-world RPG set within the Witcher universe too. So I guess there's three games uh, being announced. I guess we already we already knew about Project Polaris though. We already saw the image for that, and we knew that was going to be the next Witcher experience. Um, this Project Canis Majoris might be like a remake or remaster of the original game, um, but we'll have to see what where that leads. But yeah, uh, you know, some good announcements by uh, CG Project Red and. Yeah, they've already stated like, hey, we're you know we're we're looking at you know getting the getting games running on all consoles except you know besides from just the PC version, which is obviously what killed them with the launch of of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. The PC version seemed to work pretty good, all things considered. A little buggy still, uh, but other versions of the game were not up to specs, and that's kind of where it sunk them a little bit. So. Yeah, you know, uh, we'll we'll wait and see more information on this stuff. It's interesting that they're announcing some of this stuff so early on. I guess this is probably the perfect time to announce the new Cyberpunk stuff, seeing as Cyberpunk is getting a bit of a resurgence with the Edge Runners anime, and also people going back and playing Cyberpunk like myself to check it out and having a good time in general. So there you go. All right, another rumor in the rumor mill: Half Life Alex is coming to PSVR two, possibly. 
Um, negotiations are apparently ongoing with Valve to get the game on the PlayStation VR 2. Like I stated before a long time ago, uh, it's be- it, it, having uh, Half-Life Alex on the original PSVR just would not work. There's no joysticks. There's not enough buttons. There's not enough control. There's not enough movement. Uh, it's not as accurate as it needs to be. But on the PSVR 2, Half-Life Alex would probably be a really, really good time. Uh, I haven't really, I haven't gotten around to playing Half-Life Alex. I have it on Steam, and I do have a VR that's capable of, of utilizing that all. Um, but yeah, with the Valve hasn't confirmed anything though. But they have expressed interest in the past, and now um, it's come out that you know PlayStation and Valve are kind of in talks right now to try and get the game onto the PSVR next year uh, for the launch of the system. And PlayStation has already said, hey, we're 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 making two million. PlayStation VR 2 units, so they're going to try and get ahead of the the stock issues. Um, but yeah, it should be should be pretty cool to see this on PSVR 2. It'd, it'd probably be the, ver- the first Valve game on a PlayStation console since, like, I don't know, the orange box, <laughs> I feel like. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe Portal 2, right? Well, Portal was... No, yeah. Maybe, maybe Portal, Portal 2, I guess. Or... Whatever. Eh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I hope that this does happen because obviously a lot of people, you know, with, with Half-Life Alex being locked to, you know, PC VR, I think a lot of people kind of skipped out on it. But I think that I think that people will enjoy this when it does eventually come out, if it comes out on the PSVR. All right, PlayStation has launched its loyalty scheme, I guess you could call it. Uh, it's out now in North America. Uh, what is this again? It's a points program where you can earn digital collectibles and possibly get like, uh, you know, free gift cards for doing certain things inside games, collecting trophies, etc., etc., buying products. Uh, you can earn limited edition digital collectibles and you can display them in your display case on the PlayStation app itself. So it's not actually on your PlayStation. Earned points can be redeemed for digital collectibles, games, or digital wallet funds. PlayStation Stars Rewards Catalog 2. Items may vary. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there's also, like, star statuses. So, level 1, you joined, and you get a benefit of getting a digital collectible right away. Level 2, you bought a full game from the PlayStation Store. Uh, level 3, you bought two full games and earned 32 c- uncommon trophies. Level 4, you bought, f- you know, four games, and you earned 128 trophies, and it seems like that's the highest the highest level there, which should be pretty attainable for people who are PlayStation fans, so um, there you go. But yeah, uh, how do you earn the stars? Once again, you can you complete uh, stuff that ha- in, like, in, in-game. You subscribe to PlayStation Plus, you can earn points there. Uh, you could buy stuff. I don't know. It's, 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 it seems fine. I just, I just don't understand, like, what's the point of these digital collectibles if the only place to see them is on the PlayStation app, not the PlayStation itself, itself, I should say. So, yeah, whatever. All right, uh, finally for the news today, Bayonetta's original voice actor won't be returning for the third game. Uh, in a press release speaking to uh, in a press, uh, in a article by Game Informer speaking to the director Yusuke Miyata, he explained that there were various overlapping circumstances that made it difficult for Helena Taylor, who was the original voice of Bayonetta, to reprise her role. We held auditions to cast the new voice of Bayonetta and offered the role to Jennifer Hale, whom we felt was a good match for the character. She also voices Samus Aran and uh, the female version of Captain Shepard. 
I understand that concerns that the concerns some fans have about the voice change at the at this point in the series, but Jennifer's performance was way beyond what we could have imagined. I'm confident that her portrayal of Bayonetta will exceed our fans' expectations. Um, and honestly, I mean, we've we've heard trailers of of her speaking, and I didn't really notice a difference. So she's apparently doing a good enough uh, job doing the voice acting, unless they got the other voice actress in there to do a few lines for the trailer, which I mean would be false advertising, honestly. Um, yeah, Bayonetta three is still slated to come out the twenty eighth of October. Um, I think the role is in good hands, uh, but we'll we'll see when the full game releases, and we'll see if anyone even notices at 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 the end of it all. All right, let's go ahead and move on to what's coming soon. All right, Need for Speed Unbound. It was leaked earlier in the week, and now it's officially been revealed to be coming December 2nd, 2022. Need for Speed Unbound kind of reminds me of Need for Speed Underground in a lot of ways. It's definitely, it seems like it's a more arcade-style racer. I mean, the graphics and stuff on the screen look pretty cool, like these drawn-on art, artsy, fartsy kind of things. It almost looks like the Saints Rose thing that they did for the Saints Row reboot. Um Character models aren't like lifelike. They're they're very much like cartoony. Uh, even like, I mean, the cars still look pretty normal. Um, but you know, obviously we'll have to see when when more information comes out. But it definitely seems to have more of an, uh, a Need for Speed Underground type feel to it. Uh, it you know, a, a lot of the footage was caught at night. You know, and there's like police cars chasing after them and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll see what happens uh, later. You know, we'll so we'll see more more about it when more is revealed, of course. And apparently the rapper ASAP Rocky is going to voice a character and do some of the soundtrack work for the game. Uh, his hit song, Shittin' Me, <laughs> is going to be featured heavily throughout the experience. Um, it's, it's Obviously, it's in the, uh, it's in the uh, trailer itself pretty heavily. But yeah, this game's supposed to come out December 2nd. Uh, we'll wait to see more about it, uh, but it seems like it's going to be a pretty good package. Uh, the only thing is, this is not going to be on last-gen consoles, so the PS4 and Xbox One are out, but the PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC will have uh, will have versions on there. So, yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, I'm not a huge fan of racing games, but, you know, I, I can always try out a few more. Um, always trying to, you know, trying to trying out new games but yeah looks like it's got that need for speed underground type look to it all right the dead space remake i mean it seems like we always get calisto protocol stuff and then dead space stuff you know uh so they showed off some more gameplay footage uh and they also revealed that isaac is going to be voiced in this game uh in the original version of the game he didn't have a voice but in this one he is going to have a voice which is a nice touch in there it also makes me think like yeah i think we're definitely going to get like a dead space 2 remake at least and i feel like they could do a dead space 3 remake and do that game justice i mean i like i mean i've said it in my discord and i've said it when i was playing the games but that's the dead space trilogy is one of my favorite game uh series uh trilogies in gaming i mean they did such a good job with that first game the second game they kind of mixed it up a little bit but still kept that horror factor with some more of like the uh you know kind of like um you know action pack kind of things in there and then the third game you know isaac's been battling the necromorphs for like two games he's very well versed in battling them he's not as afraid of them anymore like when he gets grabbed by a necromorph he doesn't scream and and yell out in fright like in the first game or the second game he's much more confident in taking these things down obviously making a co-op game 
you know, it, it maybe wasn't the best decision to make it a co-op game, obviously, you know, but I felt like the game was good enough and I, and I really enjoyed this experience. Um, and I thought that it was just a really fun time, Dead Space 3. So I really would like to see a Dead Space 3 remake come out because, you know, it's, you know, Dead Space 3 does start off like uh, any other Dead Space game. You're going around the different ships and seeing what's wrong with them and collecting items, then you move on and then you get down to the planet and like it kind of changes the whole vibe of it. It's much more action-packed on the planet. But like I said, it, it makes sense that it's more action-packed. One, because it's a co-op game and two, because Isaac isn't scared of the Necromorphs anymore. It's a very sound thing and I don't know if the developers meant for that to happen, but I think that's a very sound thing to say. And, um, you know, let me know what you think of Dead Space 3. I mean, obviously the, the, the general consensus is like, oh, you know, Dead Space 3 sucks, but for me personally, it, it's it's still one of my favorite uh, trilogies in gaming right next to Mass Effect, so there you go. Uh, if you want to check out that gameplay footage, it looks pretty good. It's on Dead Space's YouTube channel. Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden have finally got a release date. They're going to release on the same day, January 19th, 2023. If you don't know what these games are, PlayStation... I'm sorry, Persona 3 Portable uh, was a PS or PS Vita version of the game um, so you can that'll get a wor worldwide release uh, in January and then Persona 4 Golden um, that was recent that was uh, that, that was the game obviously before 5 uh, I don't remember if it was if it had a limited release too I, I feel like I feel like I feel like it did uh, but anyway uh, the, the PC price of Persona 4 Golden is $25 on Steam um, so you can only guess that the other game is going to be about the same price All right, Terror of Hemosaurus. Uh, this is a Rampage-style game where you play as four or so different monsters and you terrorize a local town. Uh, just like in Rampage, you can climb up buildings, punch them, eat people, save people if you want to, save little animals. Um, and there's apparently like a story to go along with it where there's people who like kind of praise you and you 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 crush the non-believers. There's also co-op to the game as well, so you can play as two different um, beasts at the same time. Uh, you can like grab on the helicopters and ride them around and make them explode. It's a pixel adventure, but it looks pretty fun. If you want to check that out, that's coming uh, on the 5th of December. And I believe that's that's coming to PC on the 17th, PlayStation on the 5th, Nintendo on the 6th, and Xbox on the 7th. So they're doing this weird thing where they release the, the console versions later, uh, days apart for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, there you go. If you want to check out that, there's a trailer on PlayStation's YouTube channel. Overcooked is adding in all-you-can-eat uh, new chefs, levels, and recipes, and a free update called the World Food Festival update. Uh, so you're gonna get new ten new DLC levels. Uh, visit three different biomes: Baked Bazaar, Metro Mash, and Pepper Plaza. Two new chefs called Globe and Fox, with one alternative skin for Globe Chef Goldfish. Two new recipes for Babo Tea and Curry. Uh, new game mechanic using the takeaway delivery bag, and chefs can now be asked to box meals instead of plating. There's also a bunch of new uh, accessibility options being added in, reduced camera shake, reduced flashing effect toggle, uh, addition of assist modes, uh, level skipping, increased order time slider, recipe time slider, etc., etc. Lots of good things there. Glad that they're still uh, up, you know, keeping up with Overcooked because it still is a pretty fun game. And if you want to check out the Overcooked All-You-Can-Eat version, 
that is like a combo pack, I believe, for Overcooked 1 and 2. Um, so it's nice that they're keeping up with that, too. So, yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, that's going to be available October 12th. So very soon. And finally for today, SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake, is getting a BFF edition, Best Friends Forever edition. Uh, temporarily, it's out of stock right now, so maybe it's not. It, maybe they they haven't released the full uh, amount yet. But for the Cosmic Shake, Shake BFF edition, you're going to be getting a Cosmic Victory statue, which is about 9.8 inches tall, a free costume pack DLC, uh, a, an, an inflatable Patrick Star kind of like how he is in the game. Uh, you'll get a big box for it all. You'll get a set of four costume miniature bouncing balls, a BFF amulet with necklace, and a set of four placemats with with SpongeBob on the front. So if you want to check that out, that's going for uh, the hefty price of $250. Or you can, just get, you can just get the regular version of the game for like $50. So, you know, you choose. Um, but yeah, that looks, that looks like a fun little collector's edition, but I'm, I'm not going to be getting that. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Ferris 64. I do hope you enjoyed. If you want to check me out, I usually stream on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays. We're going to be moving on to a new game this week, and I believe it's going to be Aliens vs. Predator, which is a game that we started back in... Um, back in the youtube days so we're gonna get back on that and and replay the levels we already played and we'll see uh well i mean obviously we're gonna get through the whole thing but we'll see how spooky it is but uh yeah um if you want to tune in for that that's monday starting monday probably i think that's where the vote is at right now uh anyway uh also i do film freaks with a z which is a podcast about movies and then uh, if you want to check out the other podcasts I do, Ferret NFL is the podcast I do with Greedy Waffles. We talk about all things football-related. Uh, we have special guest Player 2P2 on for the latest episode. So if you want to keep up to date with NFL stuff, we always talk about predictions and week, you know, and stuff like that. And, yeah, that's about it. Thank you so much. I'll talk at you next week. Bye-bye. The Ferret 64 podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. The song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include NintendoLife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.